bad, immoral, and wrong. This is the Modern Eater Show. Piping hot and delicious. The Modern Eater. Food, 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 food. Your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. All right, just in time, and congratulations, you made it live on the air everywhere. The Modern Eater Show will roll on. Here it is, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on our uh, 630 KHOW, our local affiliate. But uh, I want to tell you, Monday through Friday, we're doing it 4 to uh, 2 to 4 p.m. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman, we're here with you tonight. I think we're going to, guys, we're going to pull off something tonight that I think is so cool. And when technology is in your favor, it's yes. in your, when it's <laughs> yeah. not, the whole thing. So guys that are listening on uh, 630 KHOW, you can get full value if you go over to our Facebook page and watch the show live with us tonight. You can sound off and you can uh, drop off comments. You can also call into the radio show, 303-713-TALK, 303-713-8255. This is probably the first time a Zoom meeting of the minds has aired on the radio and has interacted with callers and whomever. This is a really cool one right now. All right, let's go to it. Brian, how are you? I am well. Are I you ready well, for this, you. Jay Parker? Yeah, I'm excited for tonight. Yeah. I think it's going to be good night. All right, without further ado, we got little Rich Schneider with us on the Zoom call. Hey, hey Rich, how are you? Oh, no. <laughs> can't, can't, oh, he, Jay's just got to unmute everybody. He's just playing. All right, little Rich, you there? I'm here rocking. All right, cool. No pun intended. Zach Johnson, the Spice Guy, are you here with us? Yep, live from Casa Bonita. Fantastic. And Juan Padro, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, this might be a first. We're all on the radio right now and also streaming. This is new media meets traditional media, and we're all together right now on a Saturday night. Let's dig in, guys. What a week that it is. We're going to kind of just do some round-robin sound-offs. Uh, what stuck out for you guys from the week? Here's for me. The extension of off-premise alcohol uh, is continued for one month. Some people say when they read that, that just means that it's going to be a delay for the restaurants to open back up. Juan Padre, we'll start with you. Yeah, they uh, they extended it for 30 days, and, uh, and then they're going to continue to reevaluate it. Um, you know, so for me, a couple things with that, uh, first and foremost, uh, that was essential to have that done for, uh, you know, the restaurants really, you know, need that revenue. So I think that that was important. Um, I'm not quite sure what, why it took so long. Uh, I think they announced it at like six o'clock on the 30th on the day it was supposed to expire. So I think people were pretty nervous about that, but, uh, I'm glad that got done. Um, and then, you know, I think the longer this goes, uh, for me, I think it's going to be harder to take it back. I don't know how they take this back um, during social distancing. Um, you know, if, uh, if they keep if they keep pushing it out, but I also don't know how restaurants uh, survive without it. Brian, yeah, I'll tell you. You know, for me, it's this week has been about keeping it positive. And trying to look at the the good things that have come out of this, the fact that everyone's getting closer with their families, we're getting we're getting to spend more time with our loved ones, and then you know I, I this is might make some people angry, but I gotta tell you at some level, I went over today and picked up a you know a case of beer from Beerstadt, 
That I think is the that best. That doesn't make me angry at all. That well, that's the best pilsner in my opinion out there, and you could never get it in a can. And so to me, I look at you know, there's a positive, there's a silver lining. Try to hold on to that in these hard times. You know, I think for restaurants, they're gonna find their groove. I think what people are doing. I walked into a restaurant this afternoon over at the bindery to pick up pick up some chickens. They're polishing the furniture. They're they're cleaning up everything. Zach Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, cleaning is the name of the game at the Spice Guy for the last 10 days. Our floors are clean enough to eat off of. Uh, we're ready to rock and roll, so we'll be moving from cleaning and warehousing stuff, uh, moving our whole crew into like some business development uh, stuff. And, yeah, we're just sort of looking forward to being able to find more business, extend some of the arms that we've got even further, and diversification is uh, obviously going to be key from here on out. Uh, we're not going to you know, keep focusing on the restaurants and do what we do really well, but try to branch out into some more of this retail stuff that we've been doing for the last couple of years. Little Rich. You know, I'm excited for the reboot. I just want to go out and see everybody. I miss the heck out of just seeing everybody. So I'm excited for this to get, uh, start to get back to normal and uh, see what this reboot looks like. All right, let's jump in. Uh, Juan Padro here with us. You've been doing some great things, Juan Padro. First of all, I want to uh, tee you up. You've got a pop-up inside of Bardo. I think it's so cool. Uh, talk about that pop-up that you have going on right, right now, Juan Padro. Well, we popped it up, but I, I, you know, I think it's here to stay. It's called Jabroni and yeah. Sons, and it's our Italian sandwich shop. And uh, it's something we've been talking about doing for uh, for a number of years, but we've been so busy. So we had, you know, when we got this money, it was like, okay, well, how do we keep our people busy? And, and uh, you know, part of that is innovation, and, and part of that is doing cocktail labs and food labs and getting everybody really focused and, and uh, getting putting teams together that are responsible for doing things. So this team launched a business, and I bet we're probably the only business in America, restaurant in America, that launched uh, a concept uh, over the last couple of weeks, but um, it has been unbelievably successful. So we sold out in 41 minutes uh, Tuesday. We sold out in 57 minutes Wednesday. Thursday, we sold out right around the same amount of time. But not only did we sell out for Thursday, we sold out for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we have a waiting list for uh, sandwiches for next week as well. We, have to imp we implemented talk for pre-ordering uh because we're getting so many orders uh you know typically at the end of a service we've got somewhere between 70 and 100 voicemails and 50 to 75 emails of orders uh we're just not able to fulfill them all so we actually have to move our bread production down to marin we can't produce enough bread out of bardo and um it's been uh it's been pretty wild so what does it mean to sell out? So are you are you limiting yourself to a certain capacity? Just well, we can we can yeah we can only make 130 rolls, so uh, it's 130 sandwiches. So they're usually <coughs> so we're, we're we're done in you know 130 sandwiches at you know an average of about 15 bucks a sandwich and you know in 45 50 minutes is pretty unbelievable. How do you pull forward with that into the future? What does that look like? Are you going to get another brick and mortar for that? How does that fit in? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go into something else for sure. Um, you know, we're I, – I feel like every realtor in the city call, has called me by Friday <laughs> at this point being like, 
you know, because, you know, commercial real estate's in some trouble. So, uh, but they need, they need, they need to fill some spaces and, uh, and this is kind of a low overhead type deal. Um, but, um, you know, it's an opportunity for us to get a couple of our young guys, um, some exposure and, uh, you know, uh, put them to work and, and allow them to, you know, turn something that's an adverse situation into, into really what their dream is. So, you could have done anything. Why? First of all, what's the name? What is a jabroni? Is it yes, just something yes, yes. I should know? Richie, you wanted to ask that? I'll be quiet. Cause no, you guys... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So a jabroni is essentially a guy that talks a lot of shit and gets his ass kicked. Okay. <laughs> and so what, why, so, did, why did you figure you wanted so, to name so it that? If, you, if you're a wrestling fan and you know Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he used to call guys a jabroni that he used to beat up. And then um, – you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They use the word jabroni a lot. So you can kind of, uh, it's just somebody that talks a lot and gets beat up. Right. So of, of us, who's the jabroni of all the people on the screen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Little Rich, you know, you said it, not me, brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoever. <laughs> so, what about the food? Where'd you? Why did you pick sandwiches? I mean, we're all, we're East Coast guys, so you know, we we do, we do a lot of the stuff that we just miss. You know, I mean, Bardo is an Italian restaurant because we missed you know Italian food from the East Coast. You know, I mean, Ashkara is Israeli because we missed the Mediterranean food on the East Coast. You know, Senor Bear is Latin because I miss my dad's cooking and Puerto Rican cooking and Latin American cooking and a lot of that stuff's on the East Coast. So we just, you know, just I'm not. I wish I had better, more exciting stuff. No, no, that's you, cool. But, it, what's you know, the we feedback? Just, we just do stuff that we like to do. What, that what's good. What's the feedback? Are people saying it's authentic? It feels right. I mean, the feedback has been savage. I mean, people are like, it's incredible. Um, you know, if you go on social media, it's like trending like you would not believe. And Innovation. It's I, Main Shack was similar, you know, when we helped launch that because, you know, all the Northeasterners miss, missing a good lobster roll. You couldn't really get that in Colorado. And, and I think, um, you know, I think uh, Josh Pollock does an awesome job uh, with Lou's in uh, Five Points. But and there's a couple other good places around. But <clears throat> But in general, like this, you know, there's just not a lot of great sandwich shops in a city of a few million people, which is just blows my mind. You know, they're on every every block in New York and Boston, Philly and D.C. And um, and uh, and right now, you know, people want sandwiches, you know, of all with our entire restaurant group. You know, we've got eight restaurants in Denver and one in New Orleans. Uh, the Tappan Burgers are doing 75, 80% of our sales. I mean, people want burgers. They want comfort food, you know? So, um, you know, and then Jabroni came on, came along and, and obviously that's, we've seen similar success with that. And then when we relaunched Mr. Rosso in Senor Bear, the tacos have been very, very, very popular. So the, the fancier stuff, the fancier pastas at Bardo, uh, the fancier food at Senor Bear, the fancier food at Ashkara just has not sold as much as the comfort food. So Juan, this is Brian. Um, in a way, that it's a silver lining for you, right? It helps ease the pain a little bit. But overall, as your group, do you feel pretty solid about being able to regroup and and find your new your new way forward? Um, you know, I I don't. 
I feel like we we were on top of this from the get go, um, and you know I, I I'm really confident in saying that you know we you know our leadership um, was was prepared. Um, it's tough to say we were prepared for a pandemic. I'm not saying that, but um, but we had a plan and we executed on it. And um, you know we went from you know week one doing forty to fifty thousand bucks a week in sales to you know we're we're, we're hovering around a hundred thousand bucks a week in sales. So that's pretty good. Hey Juan, how are you on time? I gotta, I can, I can hang out for a little bit for maybe another five minutes. All right. Well, so if I uh, broke away, that's probably about three, four minutes, and then want to come back and do another ten with you. If not, we can say goodbye right now. But would love to have you stick around for another segment. Um. All right. I'll I'll hang for another one. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Juan. That's Thank Juan you. Padro right there. <laughs> Juan Padro, thanks for joining us. Uh, the guys, we're all going to stick around. Uh, we'll take a pause on the stream. Rick w uh, Robbins is watching, the GM of uh, Colorado Mill Sunflower Products. He says, kicking back and enjoying the modern eater on a Saturday evening. Uh, got some chefs in here. Todd Leopold is watching. Welcome to the stream, Todd. Good to see you there. Uh, Carly Smith, the fairy gut mother. Uh, all kinds of fun people watching us tonight. Thanks for joining us. We'll break away. We'll be right back. The Modern Eater Show continues. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. Modern Eater family, it's Little Rich. Everybody needs insurance, but do you have the insurance you need? When we opened Studio Kitchen Colorado, home of the Modern Eater, we had no idea what insurance we needed. We didn't even know where to begin. Times like that, I turned to the experts. Our insurance expert, Brian Brenning with the Ewing Levitt Agency. Brian makes the coverage discovery process easy and seamless. Here's what you can expect from Brian and the team at Ewing Levitt. The absolute safest coverage, fair, low rates, quick response time, and honest, straightforward service. I've been in business 40 years. I trust Brian Brenning and Ewing Levitt Agency. He's not just an insurance expert. He's my friend. Make him your friend and expert too by calling the Ewing Levitt Agency today, 970-679-7374. For the best and most reliable insurance coverage, that's 970-679-7374. It's the Ewing Levitt Agency. Wear black and eat spices. Hey, Modern Eater listeners, this is Zach from The Spice Guy, Colorado's favorite spice company. Spice is the variety of life. At The Spice Guy, we have a passion for sourcing the best ingredients from the best farmers all over the world. Choose from thousands of different GMO-free spices and ingredients, or let us create and blend custom flavor profiles for whatever style of food it is that you're working with. With over 1,000 restaurants, food brands, and chefs behind us, you can't go wrong when you choose the Spice Guy for all your spice needs. The Spice Guy. Spicy. Born in Breck, raised in Denver. TheSpiceGuyCo.com. Okay, back to the show momentarily, but right now, I want to tell you about Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions as we're getting ready to ramp back up or do the reboot of the restaurants. That's right. you got to make sure your bar program is all set and ready to go, and your tap lines are very important. You don't want that beer just sitting there and stagnant. You want the beer to taste just like the brewers intended it to taste, and that's where Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions, they come in. Family-owned and operated business, 20 years him and his family, they do such a great job. Get you ready to go. $10 per line. 
Clean it out, Brian. Clean Do out it your, now. Do clean it out now. your pipes, Brian. Yes, indeed. And if you're pouring inefficient beer, what are you doing, boys? You're pouring your, your money, money down, down the, the drain. drain. <laughs> <laughs> pouring your money down the drain. Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions is going to keep you from doing that. 720-272-3809. Phone call away. 720-272-3809. Jeff Rourke, A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Hey, this is Brother Luck from Colorado Springs. All right, you ready? <laughs> Owner of Four by Brother Luck and Lucky Dumpling. I mean, he's, he's a very, very impressive man. And you're rocking with the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Okay, back at it. An, another segment we'll do right now with Juan Padro, who's joining us. And uh, thank you from Culinary Creative, doing some great things right now. And Jabronis is just killing it. Just a new concept uh, that came from the rubble of the aftermath of COVID-19. And I really commend him. Uh, also, on the panel right now, Little Rich Schneider joins us, Brian Freeman, and Zach Johnson, the Spice Guys. We're kind of just uh, free-flowing as we look to the reboot or the reopening of restaurants. Uh, no restaurant uh, alike, and every restaurant has their own nuances. I know if you look to Dana Rodriguez, she'll say that I won't open up right now, even if they said tomorrow, because of liability. I don't want it to be there. Let's turn to Juan Padro while we have him for a few more minutes. First of all, Juan Padro, when we had Keegan Gerhardt on this past week on the live stream, he had nothing but great things to say about you, just like so other, so other many. Um, doing things like innovative uh, things, like having teams of five that will go in and work inside of restaurants so that if one gets infected, you don't have to pull the whole restaurant. Talk about some of the creative things and uh, that, that you'll be doing upon reopening. I mean, I don't know if it's super creative. I mean, I, <clears throat> I think at the end of the day, you know, we've got to earn the public's trust. I think everybody has to get back to that mentality. And what does that mean? How do you define that? So, you know, for us, it's, you know, you have to have restaurants, I think, you know, do have an opportunity um, to distinguish themselves. I mean, they're in general, they're very clean places, sanitary places. I know we take a lot of pride in that. I know people like Keegan and Dana Rodriguez, who you just mentioned, take a lot of pride in that. Um, and uh, so, you know, but we're, we're going to need to like, I mean, we do that behind the scenes and that's going to have to be a lot more um, visible to the public. So, you know, sanita hand sanitizing stations and uh, how, do, how do you, like, one of the questions we're asking a lot right now is how do you make the experience touchless? You know, how do you make, you know, and, 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 and that's a tough question to ask when you're in a high touch, um, you know, industry. So, um you know, the, the, those are the types of questions that we need to figure out. And how much is curbside and delivery going to be part of your business model moving forward if it has not been part of your business model? Um, you know, what about the food supply? You know, I mean, I think that's a big question. And, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, how are you going to address that? And what are the what a back bar is going to look like? And I think everybody really needs to be thinking about, like, paring everything down, simplifying um, being recognizable. Uh, I think the creativity, uh, has to come, uh, in the form of, uh, of, of different businesses and different pop-ups and different events and things like that, but probably less in terms of what's on a plate. Um, to be honest with you, because I don't, I don't really foresee, I think people want to get, they want normalcy, they want familiarity, they want comfort and they want to have fun. And, uh, you know, so, so those are the questions that we're asking and, and, uh, and that's our approach and, and we're talking a lot about it. Um, you know, so, um, 
you know, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, Juan Padro, I'd ask, do you think it's, are we going to shift a little bit more about the experience? Just as, is that going to be the experience just as important as the food? Whereas I think a lot he of said people more so, I, and yeah. I agree with him. Well, I would say, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I think we got away from the food a long time ago. I mean, I, if you think, I mean, I'm going to let you, I'm not going to blurt out what my opinion is on this stuff, but you guys all have your own opinions. Think about the busiest restaurants in Denver. Are those the restaurants with the best food? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I totally and agree. everybody yeah. jump in. It's a free for all right now. And uh, a great <laughs> panel of yeah. guests that we have with us. Um, Zach Johnson, I think you're chomping at the bit. Yeah. I mean, Juan, just in your group, is Highland Tappenberger the best food of everything in your group? Probably not. Does it do the most revenue? I think it probably does. Uh, I mean, people have, like you said it over the week, people have been going out for vibe much more so than been going out for food for yeah. years. For years, and Denver's yeah. An, Denver's an adolescent food scene as it is. As an angry teenager of a food scene in America, um, you know, I think you're 100% right. People are going out for that vibe to have fun and be out with their friends, and that's what's going to be important moving forward, at least at first. Yeah, I think that's that's it's and that's going to be like this for you know the next twelve to eighteen months. I think we got to look at that, you know, and be realistic about it, right? So, and um, you know, one thing we've seen at Highland Tap, which I think has been notable, is the shift towards people ordering grass-fed beef over regular over the uh, the, the never ever you know the antibiotic-free um, you know uh, grass-fed corn-finished beef. I thought I think that that's actually a really positive thing. You know, I think that's a cool thing to look at. I think people are going to pay attention to where their food comes from. You know, um, you know, if you're buying production meat right now, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I mean, so I, you, get, you know, maybe we should be giving IQ tests. We spent a lot of time. That is not. That is not where you want to be buying your meat from big, large processing plants that are unsanitary, that aren't testing their employees, that are treating their people like um, they're treat their their animals like. You know, I mean, like, that's not good, you know, and uh, so it's interesting that he says that, Greg, because we I I think it was Zach and I were even having a conversation that people are going to want to know where their food comes from more. More How do how do we balance the cost? That's what the modern eater has been about. And and, and, yeah, cost, Juan Padro. How do you move forward into the future in such small, slim margins? And say, okay, we're going to have these special relationships yeah. that obviously cost much more. Yeah, you know, um, that's a commitment. If we could get our act together, we, you know, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I don't want to be critical of people, but you know, the reality is, independent restaurants have, you know, we're just not well organized, not not locally and not nationally. And uh, if we could get our act together and get messaging out there, this is a hell of an opportunity to go out and, and, and uh, you know, pe- we have a captive audience right now. People should really start understanding what it, what it takes to put out good food. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in, instead of complaining about a $14 burger, you know, when you go to McDonald's and it's 12 bucks, I mean, there's a hell of a difference between a park burger and a, and a McDonald's burger. You know what I'm saying? So, um and get you know, ready. And, and, what do you figure the inflation is going to be on that one, Padre? Have you have you calculated those numbers yet, or will there be? You know, yeah, we have a food supply issue. I don't know what the issues. Got. You know, we'll see what that looks like. Uh, I think um, some distributors or uh, broadliners are in better position than others. You know, I think the na- unfortunately, I think the national broadliners are probably in a much better position than the regional and local ones um, as it pertains to distribution. So. 
I got one last one for you, and then, guys, you can throw in your last one for Juan Padro. Thanks for joining us, Culinary Creative, doing some great things and, and really just shining like so others, Katie Laser and Eat Denver and Sonia Riggs from Colorado Restaurant Association and people just coming to the forefront. And we talk about certain businesses, and I mentioned Dana Rodriguez a little earlier. She is uh, she's finding her groove right now and where she's making burritos to go in the morning, and, and she's uh, able to – she said, who knew I'd be able to pay my rent off of doing these things right now? And I've kind of found a way to just stay uh, alive. And, and I'm not so sure that I want to take the liability going forward in case there's a breakout inside of my restaurant because of opening it and being shut down. Well, again. she's got she, she's a unique she's got a, you know, a unique situation. And, I you know, I, I actually was on the phone with Dana for a while last night and, uh, you know, as minority business owners, I think we have a pretty big, uh, you know, hill to climb. And uh, a lot of us are starting to get together because we're seeing, you know, what a lot of clarity comes in times of, uh, of, of despair. And one of the things that's becoming clear is that minority business owners just really don't have any representation. We don't have it with the restaurant association. As good as the job as the restaurant association does and Eat Denver does and, um, and the NRA does and all that stuff. They're good at some stuff, but what they aren't good at is understanding minority owned businesses. And, um, and, and it's a, uh, it's a big issue. And, uh, you know, the majority of workers are minorities in restaurants. And, uh, so we need to figure that representation out. And Dana's Dana and I were talking last night about, um, you know, uh, we're a sanctuary city in Denver. And if you have people that aren't, um, you know, citizens that are working for you, you know, how do you take care of them? I mean, that's a huge issue. And she's at the forefront of that. And I just got a ton of respect for her, how she takes care of her people and what her mentality has been. I mean, you're talking about it like, hey, okay, she, she's selling burritos to pay rent. She's not just paying rent, man. She's taking care of an entire class of people uh, that are literally left out on the side uh, with no representation, with no support, uh, with no support from the government, and uh, and really that are in desperate and dire need. Well, let, and, uh, well first of all, let's make it clear that that was a quote from Dana. She said that today yeah. on the Gabby Gourmet show. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying okay, at the end of so the day, just I mean, to, she's, doing what, she's doing work that is – uh, that is, is what we should all be talking about. Um, you know, she's, she's an incredible agree, agree fully, but, but let me try you again. The sentiment of the question was, is upon reopening, there are some people that don't want to take on the liability of ruining their groove right now. I can completely understand from Dana's point of view that she's actually doing something that's making money for her right now and for her to pivot again that would be something that would be completely detrimental to her because she doesn't have the backup money to be able to move forward unless she's making money today. Well, it depends on how many, you know, what percent occupancy you can have and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to anybody uh, in at, at a mid to high level in the restaurant industry. Um, you know, I don't think it makes sense to open at 25 percent. You know, they're trying that experiment down in Texas right now and, um, you know, we'll see how that works out, but, uh, um, you know, 50%, you start thinking about it, you know? So, you know, she's, I think what she's saying is, you know, she's like, you know, I can pay my bills right now. Um, I can cover my costs. 
But and until it's completely safe, I'm not going to open up my doors until I can have 100% capacity and operating with no liability. She's not interested in opening her doors until then. And I think that a lot of operators would probably agree if they're on to something making money right now uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, I don't know how you're defining liability. I mean, I don't think anybody has any liability in terms of health or anything like that. But I mean, there's maybe well, your some restaurant will be shut down um, by the CDC if you have been shown that somebody in that restaurant has had uh, coronavirus. So there's a point in time where they'll shut down the restaurant altogether. Yeah, that's going to be next to impossible to enforce. I don't see how that's enforceable. Juan Padre, but can, we'll see. can I ask you uh, it, this in a little bit different? Would you reopen Bardo and take the sandwich shop and stop the sandwich shop if restaurants could open? Or would you continue on with the sandwich shop concept and then wait until well, things are 100 percent? Yeah. Yeah. So um I'm going to answer that twice. So first and foremost, Bardo is not open for lunch, and this is a lunch kind. You know, the sandwich okay. shop's open yep. from 11 to 3, so we can do both. So, yeah, but, I mean, you're asking if I would replace it. Um, I would just move the sandwich shop. Bardo's, you know, the sandwich shop's not taking Bardo's, you know, space. Bardo does incredibly well. So if we were back at capacity, Bardo would be running. If we're at 50% capacity, uh, we may choose to continue down the same route. Uh, Katie who's a hell of a lot smarter than me would have to tell me what that looks like on paper. That That's what I was looking for. Juan Pajo. Thank you. Because that's, that's interesting. So, cause you're sort of saying, Hey, we got to be to a hundred percent to, to, to push out this because this is making money sure. and we wouldn't want to disrupt that. Yeah. Is that, is it, well, that was Dana's sure. whole issue though. Yeah. Dana's issue yeah. was when we talked to, when we talked to her in the weekday show, Dana's issue was a lot less about liability and more about how, if you take working class at 50%, you can't turn the restaurant eight times to get your 400 covers. Right. Yeah. And Carolyn Glover says similar thing at Annette, who's also been a, a star in this situation as well. So what do you see in the uh, week ahead, Juan? What do you see in the week ahead? What are we going to be looking at? Um, well, you know, you got round two of PPP, which was this past week. So I think people are going to start getting their money. And so we'll see what happens. How many people in Colorado get that? Um, and, uh, I think everybody's kind of waiting on whether or not we're going to open on the 11th. I don't, I don't, I don't see how that's possible personally, but I don't have any insight into that. Um, and then, you know, uh, there's, I think there's the, the big question right now is outdoor space, you know, yeah. um, are they going to allow street closures and what are they going to do with, I mean, if you were out in low high last night, um, and, uh, you know, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people walking around low high with drinks in their hands going bar hopping. And so how are they going to, I don't know how they're going to regulate that stuff. I don't know how they're going to control that stuff. Um, so, you know, the best thing to do, you know, if they just shut it down, they're going to shut down a bunch of restaurants. They can't afford to do that because they don't have any tax revenue. So, you know, I think those are the questions that, are, you know, are, are out in the forefront right now. And, you know, what is, you know, they passed common consumption and they weren't going to launch it until later. What does that look like? Does that look any different in this type of situation? Are we closing? Are we, do we have entertainment districts? Do we have areas where people can kind of hang out where restaurants can kind of sell food and drink like out? onto the sidewalk, into the streets. Can we increase capacity that way? Um, parking lots, uh, you know, parks, and, you know, all that stuff's on the table. They got to figure that out. Mm -hmm. 
he's thinking clearly right now, guys. You can tell. And uh, just uh, for our community here, Juan Padre, we're so lucky to have you. I hate to see the attrition that's going on, uh, the heartbreaking when we talked to Bob Pease, the president and CEO of the <clears throat> Brewers Association, projecting that 60% of Colorado breweries will close by summertime and the numbers getting real bleak from the Colorado Restaurant Association and Sonia Riggs of the doors that are being closed and innovation's what we need. And you've actually helped a couple of businesses out. The uh, Ethiopian restaurant, what was the name of that restaurant, Juan? Uh, Conjo. It's yeah. really good. Uh, they have a food truck and they're in the Edgewater market. Um, and uh, I'm working with Kendra Anderson, who I, you know, I have a, just a ton of respect for, too, at Bar Helix. And, and we're just trying to get some of these smaller businesses that didn't have the resources to get their PPPs. Um, you know, the community's got to come together. Everybody's kind of fending for themselves a little bit. we got to be a little bit more united. And uh, we really need some leadership from the Restaurant Association and from Eat Denver to pull them together to kind of help help one another out. So that's not really happening. I mean, they're, they're doing a lot of good things, but that's not one of them. And that's the most important thing. Help out your so, small businesses right now. It's more important right. than ever. Yep. Juan Padro, always a pleasure. Thanks Thank for you. taking the Thank time you. tonight. I really appreciate it. All right, man. Talk to you later. Juan Padro. Take care, Juan Padro. Woo! Guys, uh, we have to break real quick. We'll come back quickly, and then when we're back, we'll uh, react. I think we uh, deserve to have a segment of reaction. Uh, coming up in the next hour, Stephen Gould will join us from Golden Moon Distillery. He's going to put together a Kentucky Derby drink. You know what the most famous Kentucky? Come on. You know what it is. Yeah, mint julep. Uh, are you sure? Uh, well, it could be an old-fashioned or I, I, I go with the mint julep. All right, we'll figure that out. What do you think it is, Zach Johnson? The uh, most... Um, uh, popular derby drink. It's the julep, baby. It's the julep, baby. Is it the mint? Ah, uh, you know, it's spring. Know. It's light. Do it's you know refreshing. The, hint, the history of a mint julep? I do not. All right, we'll come back. Talk about it on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search the Modern Eater or check out the website themoderneater.com. Hey, it's Greg Hollenbeck. Anymore these days, when I go out to eat, I not only want to eat delicious food and drinks, but I also want to eat where I know my money is going to a local restaurant that I believe in. I believe in The Goods Restaurant on Colfax and Mark Whistler. The Goods is a community restaurant and bar with a menu focusing on vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, and keto options. Comfort food lovers, try the best burger on planet Earth. I love it. Eight ounces of grass-fed beef and never, ever any hormones antibiotics or steroids the goods is truly a cultural melting pot a family restaurant open to all their bar program is amazing saddle up at their long luxurious bar have a nice craft beer or a cocktail like their facebook page and stay up on amazing events and specials going on throughout the week located on east colfax directly connected to the tattered cover bookstore across from east high school with free parking and a garage in back look them up online thegoodsrestaurant.com I'll see you at the goods. Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas. Rockalitas, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips, served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local, Colorado-grown, cold-pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. 
That's right. Back to the show in just a minute. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about something I love, and that's bread. Bread is the greatest thing on earth, and AspenBaking.com is doing it better than most people in the city. I can't do this with that because it's everything crazy. So hoagies, focaccias, baguettes, croissants, pound cakes, lobster rolls, coffee cakes, you name it, AspenBaking.com has it. Look for them on Amazon Fresh. I need to hear that in your voice. I mean, your passion I mean, for bread. I'm trying to passion my brains out on this thing. You love bread, Jay. I do. I love bread. I can't put it this way. I love bread so much I can't tell you about all the ways I love bread. But you can order online. You can buy direct. You can go to Amazon Fresh. It's AspenBaking.com. Hi, Michael Myers from Distillery 291. I'll say whatever you want me to say. <laughs> That'll get me in trouble. <laughs> Ride it like you stole it, drink it like you own it. You're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. Okay, back at it on The Modern Eater Show. It's live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Had a spirited conversation. Thank you, Juan Padro, for joining us. Such Turn a to, smart guy. I, we're going to do a live sound check right now. This is a first. I don't, I don't know that anybody's ever had a Zoom call on the radio. Sounds like we're all connected probably on telephone, but this is technology working at its finest right now. Um, we got Zach Johnson with us. Mike, check one, two. You know it, baby. <laughs> Little Rich Snyder? Nope. Little Rich doesn't know how to work his <laughs> mic. And then, Jessica, do we have you? I'm off. I was unmuted. <laughs> I'm here, baby. Hey, Jess, do we have you? Check, check. <laughs> yeah, I love good. it. All right. I love it. Okay, yes, we so can. Jess is here with us. Jess, what we're going to do is have you come back after the top of the hour. We just wanted to do a mic check with you. Great. All right, field to Fort Farm right there. We're going to uh, connect with the Western Slope, the yeah. Palisade. That's exciting. We've been over there a couple times. We're going to take an emergency trip here soon. That's right. Okay, Shannon, what do we have to do as far as house, housekeeping? Should we take a break, or can you absorb those commercials into the next hour? Absorb. Absorb. Okay, we're going to take it up to the top. Who is Whose microphone's driving me crazy because they're going to exit the conversation if they can't figure it out? <laughs> Whose is it? Who changed their microphone? I need to know now. We've got an awesome production guy. Don't worry. He's going to mute everyone out. We're not going to have to worry about any of that. All right. Uh, Zach, Brian, Little Rich, let's talk. We're live right now. Sound off to what you heard from Juan Padro. Go ahead, Rich. Okay, guys, I am. <laughs> I, I'll jump right in here because take a break if you want. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll come back. The Modern Eater Show continues. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search the Modern Eater or check out the website themoderneater.com. Want to bake the best? Bake with the best. Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas and the Modern Eater. Our wraps fold cold and don't break open, yet they're soft and delicious. What's my secret? Ardent Mills. Organic, ancient, and heirloom grains like quinoa, spelt, and more. Locally headquartered in Denver, Colorado, Ardent Mills provides the industry's broadest range of traditional and organic flours, whole grains, customized blends, and specialty products dedicated to providing the culinary industry with the next grains and unique plant-based ingredients. I love Ardent Mills, and I know you will too. To bake the best, you must use the best. Learn more at ardentmills.com. Taxes, payroll, and workman's comp? Ugh. If you're a business owner, I bet hearing me say those 
Dirty words made you cringe. Hi, I'm Rebecca Berry with Fourth, and I know growing and managing a business can seem overwhelming and just daunting at times. But at Fourth, we've got you covered. Fourth knows you want to take your business to the next level. Fourth was designed to be the partner you need and will allow you to free up your time and resources to do what you do best grow and manage your business. Call me. Let's talk about how I can help. 720-436-8047. That's 720-436-8047. Rebecca with Fourth. Whose cuisine reigns supreme? You're listening to the Modern Eater Show. The ultimate gourmet challenge. And it's time for In the Kitchen. All right, welcome back. The Modern Eater Show continues. Um, going live in Denver, Colorado from Studio Kitchen, Colorado, and jumping around in a Zoom call right now. You want full value? Go to our Facebook page, The Modern Eater, or our YouTube channel. We would appreciate it if you're at our YouTube channel. Uh, just go ahead and subscribe, Brian. Have you done that yet? I have subscribed. All right, Brian Freeman, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, we're here with you. And we got Little Rich Snyder as well as Zach Johnston. We're just kicking it around and reacting to Juan Padro came in and talked about what it's going to look like post-COVID as far as dining in. And very good insights. And, guys, I'd like to just go around Robin again. Uh, there's Rob Drapkin. <laughs> I'd like to see that right there. Oh, this is interesting. Hey, Rob, how are you? Hey, Rob, can you hear me? Um, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Rob is a part of our COVID. Hey, Rob, can I ask you to do this? I'm glad that we connected. This is Rob Drabkin. He's a very talented musician. You know his face here in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Rob, if you have nothing to do, can you call us back on this Zoom call at uh, quarter after the hour, so 7.15? Sure. I'll set alarm. See ya. I love it. See you then. Rob Drabkin. That's so cool. COVID uh, 2020 is coming up this next Friday, benefiting the Colorado Restaurant Foundation's Angel Relief Fund. And Rob Drapkin, he's one of our headliner play-at-home musicians, and I can't wait to see that. Okay, round the table, you guys. Juan Padro was just on with us, a very busy show tonight. Zach Johnston, did you have something to throw in the mix with all of that? Yeah, I mean, I think... uh... You know, Juan's one of the smarter, more outspoken people we have here in Denver inside of our industry. He's always full of uh, information and a little bit of spunk, which, uh, you know, can appreciate that because we feel the same way about most things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think something that he mentioned that we didn't really get into was uh, this idea of tables on sidewalks and in the streets and closing down 32nd Avenue and what that looks like moving forward and how you know, how uh, the government adapts to social distancing and allowing uh, us us business owners to sort of make the most of that situation. Absolutely. So well said. Go ahead, Rich. Uh, you know, I think that the success going forward is going to be a, a, a cumulative uh, of a lot of things. Number one, being, and, and Juan touched about it, uh, that safety program. What is it that you're doing to make guests feel comfortable? I think also reservations. I think people are going to have to make uh, make it easy for their customers to make reservations. And something else we haven't really talked about, Greg, I know you and I have uh, privately, is that I think people are going to have to start saying, okay, here's your window of time, whether that's an hour, hour and a half. But I, I, I think if people go to their restaurants and camp, you're going to kill these guys. The reality is they need to turn their tables and we need to be respectful of that. 
What does that look like? Time's wow. up, Brian. Okay, no, I, I'm ready. Up. I want to jump Brian, into this. And because... then Brian goes, I was just about to buy another $100 bottle of wine to stay. What's the I, barometer I, of hey, that, guy? Hey, no, listen, I, I go way deeper because I think that we're not thinking about this. And, 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 I, and oh, you know, I don't know mushrooms, from the government. You want to talk about No, the from the government's again. perspective, I don't think they're, they are looking at this as a long game. And I think that they keep making short-term decisions that so one of the things that Juan Padre pointed out this whole alcohol to go I love it I love it. it's it's creating revenue for these mm-hmm. these bars and restaurants but did we think about what's happening now like what he said now all of a sudden we've moved the restaurant out onto Lawrence or you know Lawrence or Larimer Street and now all of a sudden the the COVID issue is now in the streets and now it's compiled with two things because now you have a bunch of people walking around getting inebriated and they are potentially spreading a, a, a disease. So I think that this is something we didn't think about long term. To, to Juan Padro's point, is is that that now and now we're just going to have to, as govern the government's going to have to pivot really quick, as opposed to thinking about this in the long term and saying, you know, hey, listen, if this goes on for eight months, twelve months, today I heard on the news, this could be two and a half years before we have COVID under control. I heard a lot of stuff today. Could be ten years before. It's eradicated, yeah, or something. I mean, so guys, I, go go ahead. I don't know what to do after that. I mean, well, it's a big thing. I mean, Zach, where where would you go with this whole concept about you know putting people out in the streets with alcohol and not having the controls in place? It exists already. Like, what do we need? We have a case study. How many years of Vegas do we have a case study of this already working properly and? It's fine. Sure. Like Vegas is maybe a different level, but people are going to Vegas generally with the intent to party. If you bring it to Denver, we are, they, there's a model already for it. What do we need to look at? And I, I laugh when you say the government's going to need to pivot quickly because the Titanic doesn't turn quick. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, I, it is interesting. I mean, Richie, do you think where, where's your take on this, Rich? Boy, you know, I have seen it all over the place. It's, you know, Denver's always been, I'd, I'd say, a little more conservative. We're not quite uh, Key West or Las Vegas is, is the reality of it. I don't know how they're going to, how or if they're going to reel that back in. But, but I is heard, it that, though? Is it that, the, uh, Richie? I'm sorry. Go ahead. You've heard what? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was go just going to say, is it that? I mean, I hate going from the let's, what's the worst case possible scenario? It's like we have to be able to open up a little bit and say, okay, it's the Wild West right now. We're going to react uh, instead of saying, okay, it's going to be terrible and we can't do this. So we're just going to shut down any possibility at all or say, okay, we're going to be a little more liberal in our thought process, just like they have been for curbside booze and opening that up. Because from that thought process, Brian, I don't think that you're going to make any progress at all with anything. Well, but don't mistake. What I'm saying is, is not about shutting it down. I'm saying, let's make sure, because listen, if we're having the free for all out in the streets, why don't we just open the restaurants? Why don't we open the dining rooms? Like zombies walking around the streets as a, coronavirus spreading idiots that are making out and, and sharing and spilling beer and booze on each other instead of responsible <laughs> adults out there. It's just like I, that doomsday mentality doesn't get any progression with anything. So I just hate to have that as our starting point for anything. I, I can understand I'm with Brian there though. Like he's saying People are already out. What is the difference? Open the business and let people go inside. Who cares? It's the same thing. 
They're either drinking yeah. on the sidewalk or they're drinking at the bar. That, that was more my point, Greg, and thank you, Zach. Is, is my, my point was more around Thanks for this. making Brian's point, Zach. Well, it, not making it, but realizing that we're – I mean, you were talking – I'm coming at it gloom and doom, and it's not really I'm saying gloom and doom. I'm just more saying I just don't think it was well thought out. I like well, the Well, nothing concept. can be well thought out right now because this is New Cut Road. Uh, well, I think most of this is still is going to be reeled back in. I think once restaurants – that's kind of what I've been hearing is once restaurants are able to open back up to 100%. I bet we have to more, break here soon. How much time do we have, Shannon? Deal. Probably 20 <laughs> seconds, 30 seconds. Okay, spirited conversation going on right now. Very, very busy show. I love the discussion, and that's probably what it is in the uh, chamber halls of City Hall, you know, when they're sitting and talking yep. about what are we going to do next. That's exactly what we're doing right now. But on the other side, we've got a distiller that's going to show us a delicious drink. We've, we're going to go to a farmer and palisade and we're also going to talk to rob drapkin who's a part of covid we'll see you on the other side right here on 630 k again it takes a while to take it in there's so much to give when there's nothing to lose i got two left feet and need something to do it's time for the second course, hour number two of The Modern Eater. What are you hungry for? Here's to a meal we're all here for. Delicious and tasty. Now we're getting to the good stuff. With your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. Hi, right, we can do this. It's Saturday night in the Mile High City. Bring up that Rob Drapkin, would you, Shannon? I love this. Local musician, Rob Drapkin. Rob Drapkin's going to join us in the next segment, about 20 after. COVID. Uh, COVID is something that the Colorado Restaurant Foundation is going to be doing in conjunction with the Modern Eater. And we've got some of the best of the best talent joining us on Friday, May 8th. As Brother Luck will be in studio with myself, Greg Hollenbach, and Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. The whole cast and crew will be here with you as we raise funds for the Angel Relief Fund. And thanks for joining us on this Saturday evening. Saturday evening, we continue right here, 6 to 8 p.m., the Modern Eater Show on our local affiliate, 630 KHOW. But don't forget, Monday through Friday, from 2 to 4 p.m., we're streaming live on our Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Periscope, Jay, we're doing it all right now, my friend. How are you doing? You're like doing such a great job, Jay. Oh, yeah. Molly's Liquid Lounge on Thursdays. Yeah, evening. he's a busy guy. He is a he's, busy guy. He's got a lot on his on his plate. Producer Jay Parker. It. In the meantime and in between time, don't forget uh, at the bottom of the hour we've got. Stephen Gould, who's going to come in and do a Kentucky Derby drink and a mint julep and Golden Moon Distillery will join us along with Dr. Sarah Metz, Dr. Baby Yoda. And we've got Little Rich Schneider and Zach Johnson joining us along with Jess from Field to Fork. That's a lot to cover. And we're in Palisade, Colorado right now with Jess from Field to Fork. Good to see you, Jess. Can we hear you? Standing in one of her hoop houses. I love to see this. I love to see it. There she is. Hi. Hi. Where's Scott? Oh, where are you? He's on the tractor. He, he is. I have to tell you, um, last time I saw Scott, there was a picture of him on your Instagram, but he didn't have any pants on. And his buns <laughs> were, were walking through there. I think that's the way to farm, isn't it? In the nude. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everything was just so serious that week that 
I felt like we had to do something to make people laugh, you know, and uh, that was an old picture, but it was, it, it was still appropriately funny at the time. Yeah, it was recycled. I remember that. Jess, I think you guys do such a great job. Thank you for keeping our souls happy with your killer organic food in Palisade. Yeah, we're starting to pick up. There's definitely more product coming and we're getting really busy here and we're just, we're, we're really cranking a lot of great produce and we, we can't wait to see how the season winds up. But we were, you know, so far we're having a great year and with growing, the biggest problem is just trying to get it to the people that want it the most right now so that's that's the challenge well segments always go by so quick jess so we don't want that to happen with you we've got about a good six minutes to spend with you let's just dig right in i'm sure you got a lot of stuff to say where would you want to just take the conversation initially and then we'll just have some back and forth but i think it's important to just throw it into your hands and tell us what we're seeing out out there right now in the farming communities so right now, you know, it's just the season is just starting. Um, and a lot of farms, you know, typically would start selling to restaurants and starting to get some produce out that way. But this year, for example, like I have a restaurant that is one of our better um, accounts. And he would usually normally buy close to about 100 pounds of lettuce a week from us. And he's choosing to buy with us foods because they have no business and so that's really hard for me as a you know to say well we have no business either right now and we have some beautiful lettuce so you're you know it's just a little disheartening um but on the other side we have developed a few other programs on our farm where we're doing more home delivery and um we will soon be having more on farm sales but right now we are also just a little hesitant on having people on the farm and worry about social distancing and if people will respect us because this is our home you know so it's it's hard okay let's let's dig in and talk about that we had your neighbor on the show and you know him um brian cox from black bear talked to us about on the stream his uh, uh the the covid went through and uh, got him, his wife, and some other family members. So it's right in your backyard there, Jess. Uh, give us your thoughts and feelings. Yeah, just that, it, you know, it is, it, 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 it's affecting everybody some way, somehow. You might know somebody, a family, friend, uh, colleague. And it's, it is important to, to listen to the CDC and listen to the scientists and listen to what everybody is recommending. Um, as a local business owner, I think it's so hard because you want to do the most you can and, but you know, where does the line get drawn? It's, it's really, it's an interesting, it's really a fine balance and I don't know if we'll find the balance, honestly. Well, you get the, the thought process of as rural as you can possibly be, the more protected that you are. And this is probably the least political that I've ever heard you and probably because it is in your backyard, but having that so close to you when seemingly your environment is so controlled there on the farm, that's gotta be a scary proposition. That's very sobering to you to have COVID in your backyard. 
I mean, I think it's global. It's, it's in everybody's backyard and um, nobody is immune to it. So you just have to protect yourself. And I think you'll see a lot of rise in numbers in rural areas over the next few weeks because everything is just kind of still in a delayed response. So we'll see what happens. Um, if history repeats itself, Mesa County during the Spanish flu had three waves, pretty heavy waves of the Spanish flu. And it was partly due to the fact that the economy was so slow, they kept wanting to open back up sooner. And then as soon as they would open back up, it would cycle back through again. And then we're also having a huge influx of tourism right now. Um, people are here all the time camping and hiking and biking. And that's really frustrating for us here on the Western Slope to see all these sprinter vans coming through with $6,000 mountain bikes. And the restaurants are actually reporting really high numbers that they have more takeout sales and more business than they've ha than they've like had. You know, some restaurants are having record days right now. Yeah. Well, and I want to tie back into the statement that you made, Jess, because that actually shocks me that someone in your town, you know, in your rural America is going to support a broadliner versus going to support your local farm, which is so important right now. I, that, I mean, I know, that I shocks me. Floored. I was completely I couldn't believe it. I, I just I didn't even know what to say. We've actually had the same issue as well i own a company called the spice guy here in denver and we do national sales but i mean we've had a lot of customers say they're going to just buy with one person for the moment to control their accounting books because their accountant might be laid off or they can't pay me so they have to get it somewhere and you know you and i are in the same business where you can get spices from a lot of places you can get lettuce from a lot of places um you know it's one of those frustrating bits and quality is sort of out the window at the moment and you can taste it when you order the takeout I agree. And I think that the the takeout numbers and their sales would increase if their product was a little bit better. That is such an interesting angle on this because, you know, yeah. like we've had this conversation for yeah. years with Restaurant Week. Do you sacrifice your quality so you can meet a price point? And now it, it's interesting to hear what you're saying because you're losing. You actually don't give someone the experience that they deserve and you want to give. Mm -hmm. No. And and. Our sales, like of people just wanting to buy from us, are are up substantially. But you know, how can you how can you serve three, four, five, six hundred people weekly and then go? Oh, I'm not gonna get COVID. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk to all these people. I'm gonna touch all these people. But I'm I'll be safe. I'll be fine. That's that's just irresponsible. Yeah. Boy, but it does seem like things are growing. We're in springtime. I mean, the positive that I'd like to talk about is, is what's behind you because I know I there's know. some tasty greens. So yeah, that like I'd love yeah. in some of my salads or sauteing different <laughs> it things. It looks so like, like production's going. That's Look at that. Oh, some red it. shard, rainbow shard in there. Is that what we got it. first? Big yeah. old elephant yeah, it's ears? Yeah, rainbow, rainbow. Nice. It's beautiful. You know, uh, really nice sugar carrots candy carrots and tomatoes are getting really nice and big hey just do this i want to spend a couple just a couple two more minutes with you but i want to have the best um for you i want you to talk about production and distribution and how things were and how things may have pivoted right now and how people uh, are supporting their local farms right now 
So, I mean, our CSA model that we offer on our farm, it filled up pretty fast. I mean, it always fills up, but it definitely filled up a little bit quicker than um, we have in the previous few years. And, you know, the hard thing is usually this time of year, we start selling a lot of lettuce to like growers organic, you know, to local restaurants, selling Swiss chard, kale, um, a lot of leafy greens this time of year because we're in like our, our leafy green phase of the season. And I am, I'm just hesitant because I know Brian, you know, at Growers Organic, restaurants have slowed down. So he needs grocery items because he's doing more grocery. So now we're looking at head lettuces as opposed to salad blends. So he can then offer these beautiful butterhead lettuces and things like that to maybe natural grocers or Whole Foods. And hopefully we can kind of pivot that way um, with wholesale and be able to, because we can't clamshell like thousands and thousands of salad mix of what a grocery store would go through. Our little local grocery store, you know, they do about a hundred clamshells of lettuce with us every single week, maybe twice a week. But when it comes to trying to get things over to Denver, I can't clamshell 3000 clamshells of lettuce. It's just not on my small little farm, yeah, you know? Most of so your business to... should be coming from the Western Slope right now, right? I mean, the Front Range, um, as much as we'd love it to be an option, uh, the CSAs in your local communities are probably taking the lion's share of what you're growing right now. Yeah, definitely. But we still have a lot of produce that we're not able to really figure out how we should sell it, how we should package it, how we should get it to somebody like Brian or to to a restaurant that might be interested in. And honestly, it's so hard working with restaurants right now because it's like, what are they going to buy? $25 of produce. That's really not worth my interest e- either, you know? So it's, it's a big challenge. Um, but yeah, the CSA is great. Our community supported agriculture program is wonderful and we're doing a home delivery, which works out really well. So we don't have to have anybody on the farm. But very soon, people are going to start coming on the farm. And then also with farmer's markets, we're not quite sure how that's going to work. But yeah, everything is just really different. Well, you would have already been at a farmer's market, right, Jess? I mean, because they would have started no, this. No. Don't, yours don't start this early? In Denver, they usually no, start we, right the first week of May. Ours start in June and July. We have our, yeah. It's a little, we don't have any four season markets or any early markets. It's all just like main season. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, Jess, thanks for letting us catch up with you tonight on the show. We'd like to catch up with you on the stream this week if you'd allow us. And I think I want to see more of the crops this week. I love those glasses, okay. though. Good to see your face. Okay. Yeah. And say hi to Scott yeah, and Clyde for us. Yeah, let's do a little virtual. We could do a virtual farm tour. I'd love it. Thanks so much. Say hi to Scott, and we're going to take off and take a break right now. The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. 
Hey, it's Greg Holland back for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins, the list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious. The bakery is located in Arvada on 64th and Sims across the street from Arvada West High School. Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten-free things. Hey guys, it's Carly Smith, the Fairy Godmother here. Don't get too excited. <laughs> Live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. I love your guts. You're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Let's go make some bone broth. Let's do that. Doing that all the time, actually, right now in quarantine. What's up, quarantine party people? Here we are. The Modern Eater Show continues. And Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman, you guys were in Studio Kitchen, Colorado. But we're holding a Zoom meeting on the radio as well. It might be a first. I love it. I love it. We're really getting out to people, man. It's We're, we're bringing the community together and giving it a voice. I like it. Lots of cool things. I'll tell you who's in this Zoom meeting in a minute. But I got to tell you that this Friday, it's May 8th. And from 2 to 5 p.m., COVID, uh, the Colorado Restaurant Foundation's uh, Angel Relief Fund. They got a great donation this week. We're going to celebrate it. And uh, the Kemper Fund put out a million dollars to the Colorado Restaurant That's Foundation. Awesome, and they're putting money back into the pockets of the folks on the front line of the the restaurant industry. So, so folks that need that can apply for a $500 grant. And Little Rich Schneider and Zach Johnston, the Spice Guy. And look who we have right here with us, Rob Drabkin, the headliner of COVID. Good to see you, Rob. Good to see you. Man, it's Saturday night. Usually you'd be in a smoky bar somewhere. Well, I guess not smoky anymore. My, my <laughs> album release show was scheduled for tonight. <laughs> really? It was? Oh, my goodness. Well, Where at least we? you're spending it with us. Thank you. <laughs> now it's with you guys. <laughs> I love you. Rob, I love your music. A beautiful day. We were just d- uh, playing some of that. Uh, Shannon, can okay. you put can you put that on in the background, Shannon? Just a little bit. Let's see, it, Rob. If your music's copywritten, it's going to shut our stream down. <laughs> let's hope it is, but let's hope it's not. <laughs> I know, just for this purposes, but um, I can play it for you live. I brought my guitar. I love that. You know what? Let's do that. But yeah. Rob. Take a second. Thank you for joining us on the stream. Could you tell folks, take a minute to talk about yourself and tell people who you are? Um, yes, let me get back to Zoom real quick. Hold on. Where? Hold on. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. No, we can see you and hear you. Yeah, Everything we can on see our you. side is perfect. Okay. There you go. Sorry about that. I am Rob Drabkin, born and raised here in Denver. Um, I've known Greg for maybe 10 years or so. A while, um, yes. My, done a few different events and every time i get a call from greg i pick it up right away and see what's up and 
this is this is an event that I am so honored to be a part of. So, um, yeah. Um, but I'm a musician. I'm a singer songwriter here. Um, been playing around Denver. Um, I guess it's been full time for about ten years or so. Now, just Denver. What's some of the gigs that you've had? What's some of your favorites, Rob? No, I've, I've toured all over the. I wrote right before quarantine. I came back from East Africa. I did a, a tour there, um, part of the Tour de Rwanda. Um, and it was crazy. The, the smallest crowd I played for was 10,000 people, and the biggest crowd was 26,000 people. And then it was right back to my uh, one bedroom apartment where <laughs> just me. <laughs> That's the way the world's working out. It's so interesting. I think we live in such a great time where media dissemination is disrupted and you don't have to be on a huge label. You can have your own dissemination of music. You can do production. What is that like right now being a musician in 2020 to where you can create your own music, you can uh, make videos of your own music? How are you working with those partnerships and getting your music out there right now? Um, you know, it's, I mean, it's a great time, um, in that, um, anyone can put out music. That's great. Uh, the, 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 the downside of that is that there's so much of it, um, cause anyone can do it. And that's kind of the, that's yeah. kind of the double-edged sword of it. Um, but you know, just being able to collaborate with so many people and be able to put music out to your fans. That's, that's all I can ask for. How can people find you? Rob Drabkin um, is my name. Just type it into Google. If you got, if it, the last name is D R A B K I N. I think if you just type in Rob D R, some guy with a big poofy fro, um, that's me. It's your signature. <laughs> now, Rob, you're gonna play us a little tune right now, and I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So this is this is where you really like to be, right into your music. What inspired? What's the tune, and what inspired it? Uh, I'm gonna play a little bit of uh, "It's a Beautiful Day." You guys played about two measures of it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do it for us, would you, Rob? Um, yeah, we, we wrote it. I, I, I wrote the song about um, just over a year ago, and I was on the mission to write the happiest song I possibly could, uh, with most upbeat message and something uplifting to put out to the world. And now I find myself playing it more than ever. So um, uh, I'm glad I, I, I recorded that day. So this is called "It's a Beautiful Day." This morning woke up holding my head, hearing my heartbeat all night long. A shade to this motel, keeping me in bed, reading the news, just trying to stay strong. I need to just get up, you take a deep breath, keep it together, cause it's some beautiful day. Under my face, feeling okay. Don't let it get away. It's a beautiful day. Feel so proud, screaming out loud. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. Used to feel sad now. I'm satisfied. I fall to pieces now. It's peace of mind. The words of my mother, they speak the truth. She always says, son, you 
make it through. I need to just get up. We'll take a deep breath. We'll keep it together. It's so beautiful. Sun in my face, okay. And don't let it get away. It's a used to doing these live streams where it's just being an empty wall so thank you thank you so much that's um probably the best thing that's ever happened to me rob <laughs> i'm holding back tears of joy yeah great job rob great job unbelievable that beautiful uh that's a taste of what you're going to be able to be a part of this friday and it's may 8th from 2 to 5 p.m rob will be on the stream with us and you just wow you just made my week right i can't wait Thanks, Thanks for, for putting this great event on. Thanks, Rob. Talk to you soon. All right, we'll be back on the Modern Eater Show. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. Hi, I'm Charlie Gottenkenny, brewmaster at Brews Beers, Denver's award-winning Belgian-style brewery. I am very pleased to tell you that our new tap room at Colfax and York in Congress Park is now open and it is a unique experience. It's close to great restaurants, has a big sunny patio for warmer days, will feature live music, and it has a very cool contemporary Belgian style bar and tap room. To celebrate our second location, we have 18 beers on tap, including several limited edition sour and barrel aged beers. For some holiday good cheer, Try our figgy pudding and our unique champagne beer, Brut Le Grand. Check it all out on our website, brewsbeers.com. That's brews, spelled B-R-U-Z, at 67th and Pecos, and now open in Congress Park at Colfax in York. Join us this week at either location for some serious Belgian-style badassery. Wear black and eat spices. Hey, Modern Eater listeners, this is Zach from The Spice Guy, Colorado's favorite spice company. Spice is the variety of life. At The Spice Guy, we have a passion for sourcing the best ingredients from the best farmers all over the world. Choose from thousands of different GMO-free spices and ingredients, or let us create and blend custom flavor profiles for whatever style of food it is that you're working with. With over 1,000 restaurants, food brands, and chefs behind us, you can't go wrong when you choose the spice guy for all your spice needs the spice guy spicy born in breck raised in denver the spice guy co.com 
hey, you know what? It's the new year, and everyone's always looking for new ways to be more profitable. And so they always attack the different line items. But one almost everybody never looks at is their utilities, what they're spending on natural gas. Brian, do you have any tips for us on how to save money on natural gas? Absolutely. Just call me. Call me. That's all you got to do. What's that number, Brian? That number is 720-245-5771. Be sure and give Brian a call at Encore Energy. Hey, this is Brother Luck from Colorado Springs. All right, you ready? <laughs> Owner of Four My Brother Luck and Lucky Dumpling. I mean, he's, he's a very, very impressive man. And you're rocking with the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. All right, back at it. The Modern Eater Show continues. That was just probably one of the... Hey, Shannon, hey, Shannon Scott, can I hear your voice? Your what? Your voice. Yeah, there you go. We've been doing this for a while, man. Uh, my man, that's that was pretty special, what just happened there. It was fantastic. Didn't that come through all right? Excellent. Excellent. So, so to have a Zoom meeting with – so none of these callers are coming through iHeartRadio right now. They're all coming through Studio Kitchen Colorado. I'd say I'd you say barely, barely need, need me, me, but we but know we otherwise. otherwise. <laughs> we do know otherwise. Okay, uh, Shannon Scott back at the Death Star, our, our uh, iHeartRadio affiliate, 630K. How Brian Freeman, myself, Greg Hollenbach, and Jay Parker in Studio Kitchen, Colorado. We have Little Rich Schneider at Rockalitas Tortillas right there in the boxes. Hey, Richie, what did you think about that last segment? That was awesome. I mean, what a timely song. You it know was, he didn't just write it in the past week. It was perfect. It yeah. was absolutely perfect. Stephen Gould, he always impresses, and from Golden Moon Distillery, he's at the Golden Moon Distillery Speakeasy, right? No, actually, I'm in my own home basement. We call it the Distiller's Basement. Welcome to my home. Uh, you're kidding me. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> Stop. All right. Let's take it from there. Derby Day was supposed to be today, right, guys? Well, Derby Day is today. Unfortunately, the Derby's been rescheduled for September. September. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't make some Derby drinks. We're going to make a couple of cocktails with you, and why not? Uh, Stephen Gould, he makes delicious drinks with his delicious spirits. I have to imagine you're using your own spirits. I am. Tonight we're going to be using Gunfighter Pork Finish Bourbon. We're going to be making both a mint julep and a classic old-fashioned and if we have time for a third cocktail, we'll see what happens. What's the history behind the mint julep? Do you know? I do. So legend has it that farmers would drink a mixture of whiskey, sugar, and mint uh, to, to deal with sore joints. That's what they say. Uh, the cocktail was actually brought out of Kentucky to Washington, D.C. by a senator in the early 20th century. And in 1938, the cocktail because it was so popular, it was named the official cocktail of the Kentucky Derby, and it is the official cocktail to this day. Your better half is behind the camera right now, right? What's her name? Is it? She is, but she could walk over here if, if well, you want her to. I do. want her just to zoom in and then walk over there. So just take that thing and see if you can zoom in a little bit, because we'd like to get in really on uh, Stephen and the glass. And then, go, yeah, go over there and, and join it. Because I have to tell you, we did a uh, sound and, and video check. You did you did a great job. I don't know what they call that, but I think it's called uh, marrying up. Perfect. Here it goes. But the phone isn't sideways. 
I hope I didn't throw this off. It was in a perfect spot. I just wanted to zoom in a little bit. And I think you just I, pinch it and pull out. I, I I really can't zoom in. Okay. I, I don't just have pinch control the over screen. that window. All right. You just pinch the screen and pull out, but that's perfect. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good here. You're, you're getting there for sure. Okay, cool. All right, you guys. You take it away, Stephen. Make that delicious cocktail. Excellent. So we're going to do a classic mint julep. This is the Derby cocktail. We're going to start with a julep-style glass. Um, you can do this in a Collins. You can do this in a variety of different types of glasses. But this glass actually is an old Depression-era uh, water glass, but it's the size and shape of a, of a modern mint julep glass. So I like to use this. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a bar spoon of sugar. Now, you can use a quarter ounce of simple syrup. You can use a sugar cube. Just take a bar spoon of sugar, put it in the bottom of the glass. I'm going to take just a touch of water. And then I'm just going to stir up that sugar a little bit, break it down. And then I'm just going to take some mint. Oh, I can smell that mint from here. This fresh mint. <laughs> And I'm going to take and muddle it. Now, when I'm, what I want to do is I don't want to muddle it and make it into mush. All I want to do is bruise the mint a little bit so that you get the mint oil mixing with the sugar and the water and ultimately with the whiskey. So I just kind of bruise it a little bit. Now we're going to take two ounces of our gunfighter bourbon. The gunfighter bourbon. So you Ike Turner the mint, just bruise it up a little bit, and then you get the gunfighter in there. Nobody liked my Ike Turner reference. Oh, we, we smiled, you know. And here's the fun part got some ice, I got a hammer. All right. And I know what's called a Lewis bag. Now, what's so important to have that uh, uh, that ice that's broken up? What do they just crushed ice, right? Yeah, it's crushing ice, but those bags are cool. You know, this is old school right here, man. Yeah. This is how it was done. So I'm going to take the Lewis bag. I'm just going to put a twist in it. I'm going to take my mallet. I'm just going to pound it down. This drink already right now, don't you? So you smell the nice mint. Yeah. This is so. And then I'm gonna take and put it right in the glass over the whiskey and the mint and the sugar. Now think about it. All right, Kentucky Derby, right? It's supposed to go off today. So step off smartly. Everybody in their best, right? You got your hats going. The guys are looking dapper. These drinks are meant to be very refreshing and light, right? The mint julep. Give it another good stir. A little bit more ice. Just top it with a little bit of water. Just take it to the top of the glass. Nice big hunk of mint as a garnish. A straw, 
And ladies and gentlemen, it's just that simple. This is a mint julep. Mm, and one beautiful. of the reasons I like to use this clear glass is because you can actually see what's going on here. Everything's now mixed. You've got that bruised mint in the bottom. You've got the ice here in the top. And you can sit on a nice hot summer day and just let this ice slowly melt and drink and get that little bit of sugar and that nice bourbon and that nice mint. It's really refreshing. It's a wonderful cocktail. It's amazing. And only three ingredients, right? I mean, it's just mint, sugar, and whiskey. How many of those have you had today? Uh, this is actually my second. That's only your second, okay. And That's only my second. And you're going to do an old-fashioned for us? I am going to do an old-fashioned for you. All right, now hang tight because we do have to break away. We're gonna, You get set up, okay? Have you ever made an old-fashioned for a uh, psychologist? Have I ever made an old-fashioned for a psychologist? Yes. No, I don't think I actually have. Well, you are going to next because Dr. Sarah Metz, we call her Dr. Baby Yoda, she's going to join the stream with us, and we're going to end this out in booze and the news, all the booze news you can use. And Golden Moon Distillery, Stephen Gould, he's in his basement. Is this seriously your house? This is seriously my house. Uh, what's your most favorite prize bottle behind your back bar right there? Oh, God, I've got some stuff that's hidden, but I'm going to show you one bottle that I think is an amazing product. Hang on a second. <laughs> We're going. Let me find there it is. We're digging deep. Do that when we come back, you know what I'm saying? So I know this is one of the big guys. All right, products, hold it right there. Really hang, hang on, don't show us. Product. Hang on, don't show us. Don't, Steven, don't, don't show it. Don't show it. Uh, All right, uh, <laughs> when we get back, yep, you, you saved us. Can it, I move it up? Is this, can I move it up now? Yep, you can. Is this Debbie with us? Debbie or Karen? One of the two. Karen. Karen. Karen, good to see you. Karen, you hang on there. Thanks for catching that. We'll be back. The Modern Eater Show continues. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. Hey, it's Chef Elon Wenzel, owner of Element Knife Company. If you cook, then you'll know the importance of a quality knife and proper care. My training in Japan exposed me to exceptional cutlery. That's why I am so excited to offer you the knives I fell in love with. Element Knife Company is chef-driven, and my goal is to support and educate. Get at me for a knife clinic or conversation. Find me at elementknife.com or by simply calling 303-460-4628. For the best knives in your kitchen, think Element Knife Company. Hey guys, Chris Johnson here, owner of Rome Sausage, your hyper-local source for all things sausage awesomeness. My family is proud to carry on the fine traditions of Rome's founder, Jerry Rome, by producing a variety of amazing sausage in small batches with an eye on quality, not quantity. Every batch is made here in the great state of Colorado by hand-mixing spices, utilizing lean cuts of pork to make an outstanding product. Sourcing ingredients and materials locally, we are committed to supporting local vendors, chefs, restaurants, and the entire Colorado food scene. Getting hungry yet? Brats, Italian, breakfast, hot Polish, green chili, chicken apple, and the world's best chorizo. You can source all of our sausage through a variety of food service distributors. If your distributor doesn't carry it, call us. We'll come direct. You want a custom item? We'll do that too. Samples, and of course, sausage jokes, can be had by contacting me directly at chris at romesausage.com or by phone at 303-296-7663. The modern eater loves Rome sausage, and I know you will too. 
What do you get when you have two women who love to play with corn? A unique craft distillery, of course. Let me explain. Hi, my name is Alex Tudor. My mom and I own Meridium Spirits, located right here in Colorado. Chances are you've seen our award-winning Coop Gin and Coop Vodka on the shelves at many fine local retail locations. Here's our mission. My mom and I believe that family is important, and our business is a reflection of that. When you taste our delicious and locally crafted spirits in a cocktail or by themselves, you'll taste our passion for what we do. Hear our story and watch our progress this year on The Modern Eater. We love to share because everything is more fun with friends. Next time you choose a vodka or gin, consider us. Meridium Spirits. Now it's time for the Modern Eater's Booze in the News segment. I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive. All we need is a a chair and a a cooler beer. Here's your booze news. Okay, okay, friends. Welcome back to the Modern Eater here. It is Saturday night in the Mile High City. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, and myself, Brian Freeman, here in Studio Kitchen. Really excited for this last segment here it's one of my favorites booze in the news we are going to learn how to make an old-fashioned with our friend stephen gould from golden moon distillery hey everybody. we're also bringing on our dr sarah metz baby yoda she's going to be joining us to make sure we're staying mentally healthy with these uh cocktails, cocktails. and uh and Got i also want to say thank you to little rich and our friend Zach Johnson from the Spice Guy. Yep. So uh, welcome back, Stephen, and uh, show us how it's done. Well, before we broke off, thank you, yes. Brian. That was a great intro. I really appreciate that. Um, Saturday night in the Mile High City as we're all just kind of reflecting upon a week and Stephen Gould standing by to make this cocktail. Got to say hello, Dr. Baby Yoda, Dr. Sarah Metz. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm excited about this cocktail. This is one of my favorites. What What are you a doctor in, doctor? <laughs> I never told you, did I? I'm no. totally faking this whole thing. What a, tell, <laughs> I'm a doctorate in psychology. I, I said it right then. So before we broke off, yeah, I said... I can't help you if you have a heart attack, but mental stuff, <laughs> I gotcha. Good. I said to Stephen Gould, I said, have you ever made an old-fashioned for a psychologist? He said, I don't think that I have. And so you're going to do it. Now, you like spirits, Doctor. Is an old-fashioned within your wheelhouse? Do you like that? Old-fashioned is very much in my wheelhouse. This makes me very happy, yes. And what is it about an old-fashioned that you like? Me, I like the big ice cube and the um, the expressed citrus that has a yeah. little bit of flame to it as well. I'm the same way. I'm any Anything that has citrus in it, I like. And an old-fashioned... With plus the big ice cubes totally fits the bill. All right, you direct the segment. Can you see uh, Stephen Gould right now? I can. He's very little. He's at the top. He, Hi. He's at the top. All right. Hi. Get him to make us an old fashioned, Doctor. All right, let's do it. Make the doc a drink. <laughs> All right, here we go. So, an old fashioned is a family of drinks, actually, that really date from the mid 1800s. And they always have a little bit of sugar, a little bit of whiskey, uh, uh, bitters, and a little bit of whiskey or some other spirit. So a classic old-fashioned is what we're going to do today. It is going to be made with our gunfighter bourbon, just like the, the mint julep we just made. And so we're going to start with just a little bit of sugar. Again, I'm going to use a bar spoon, put it right in the glass. Now, you can use a sugar cube. That's typically more, more common, but... 
Right now we're in the distiller's basement. I don't have any cubes, so I'm using a bar spoonful of sugar. I'm just going to put a splash of water in there. A lot of people don't, but I like to put a, a splash of water in. Just give it a good little stir. Then I'm going to take, and this is Angostura bitters. Ooh. Now, most recipes call for two dashes. I'm adding a little bit more because I happen to like bitters. It is what it is. I do, too, Doug. Um, so a lot of folks, they'll say that muddling is the thing of the past, that your grandpa's a muddler. Are you a muddler, or are you going to do this old-fashioned with no muddling? So, again, right now, if you look in there, we've got sugar that's been yep. diluted a little bit with that water in those bitters. Yeah, are you going to throw I an orange in there? Cube, if I had a sugar cube, I'd muddle it. I'd just take and break it up a little bit. But you really don't need to do a whole lot of breaking it up. And then I'm just going to take the big rock and slide it right in the glass like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Now, I'm going to grab my Yari, my stir glass. I love watching people cocktail. I know. That's I nice. really do. And there are different techniques and... You know, some people give you now, a little flair. A lot. At this point, most people will just take and they pour a couple ounces of whiskey on top of that rock. I actually like to chill the whiskey down just a little bit, get it slightly diluted. So I put a few cubes in my glass. We're going to put two ounces of the gunfighter bourbon into the stir glass. All right, so every time somebody does something or they have a nuance, I listen to them, but I always have to say why. Is that going to make the whiskey a little more approachable in your mind to be chilled, or why are we doing that? It's going to it's gonna make it – it's going to chill it down a little bit. It's going to slightly dilute it. So proof it down. that first sip is not going to be too boozy. Nice. Okay? And then you want the big rock, if you can get it, so that you don't get too much dilution and it keeps the cocktail nice and cold. So now I'm just going to pour that slightly chilled whiskey on that rock. And then we're going to take some orange and we're going to cut our garnish. We're going to cut our orange zest. I can't wait to see what Be he does. Be careful with a sharp knife, but what you want to do is just cut the outer part of the skin. Are you going to express this right here on the rim? I am indeed. <laughs> express my rim. I don't even know what that means. So what you want to do is you only want a little bit of the white because this pith is bitter. What you want is the outer part of the skin, which has a lot of oil in it. And then we're just going to take and we're going to squeeze it a little bit and get a little bit of that oil all over the surface. And then I like to take now that there's oil on this skin, so I'm going to go around the rim. And I'm actually going to go down the side. The reason you're going to go down the side is to get a little bit of orange oil on the on the person that's drinking the cocktail's fingers, and that'll aromatize like a perfume, and it'll help. It'll just make the the experience better. Then, because we got that big cue, I'm going to just sort of give it a little twist like this, just gently slide it right around the cube into the glass. And ladies and gentlemen, that's a bourbon old fashioned. <laughs> yes, please. Well done. Well done. Wow. <laughs> we all want one right now. Doctor, did you bring your glass of wine to the party tonight? I didn't. I'm depressed that I don't have that as my drink tonight. Man, that's gorgeous. All right. We asked uh, 
Stephen Gould. He's in the distiller's basement right now. Your most prized bottle. We uh, teased it. What What's it going to be? So that's a really tough question. I mean, obviously, if you look behind me, I've got a sizable bar. I've been collecting booze for many, many, many years. Now, I got a hold of a bottle a friend of mine sent me from Scotland the other day, though. I'm not going to say it's my most prized bottle, but I'm really, really excited to try it. I thought it said. And that's the latest release from Tober Mary Distillery. And it was made by my, my friend Ian McMillan. And I just got this. I'm so excited to try it. You've no idea. So this is a 20-year-old Tobermary. Wait, hold on. This hold is on. Gonna hold be on. Nice. Nice. What do you mean going to be? You said you're so excited to. Why wouldn't you do it right now on the Modern Eater show? I'll do it right now on the monitor show. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's bring this out. Thank you, sir. Steven, that's beautiful. All right. Go through the motions. You're unboxing this right now. Unbox it and start talking about it and what you're looking for as you're unboxing it. So this is a 20-year-old Spanish Oloroso Sherry cast-finished Scottish whiskey. It was made by Ian McMillan. Ian and I are good friends, and we're actually doing a, a project where we're co-master distillers in Ireland together. And Ian was over here a few weeks ago. We were doing some prototyping for that project, the Golden Moon. And Ian pulls us out of his bag and says, we're about to release this. So I've been meaning to open this. I'm opening it now. And so this is a Depression-era juice glass. I happen to love these old press glasses. And these small ones, I think, are great whiskey glasses. Everyone loves the Glencairn glass. It's a beautiful glass. Everyone loves the neat glass. It's a beautiful glass. But there's just something cool about these old, heavy, depression-era glasses to drink whiskey out of. So I'm just going to put a couple of fingers in there. I'm going to smell it. You're drinking. It's got a little bit of sherry on the nose. It's warm. It's got a nice sweetness. That is absolutely amazing whiskey. Guys, I wish you could taste this if you were here. I, I'd share a dram with you, but sorry, we're all in lockdown. So. <laughs> hey, listen, cork it, put it aside. We'll take you up on that. The doctor will be with us, that's for sure. Um, you, you know, we'll start getting real deep. Uh, I think we could probably get about halfway through that, and we'll need the doctor because we'll say every single thing that's in the bottom of our hearts, right? Well, so when you all come, we, you know, we do a lot of entertaining here in this basement. Uh, we have our own YouTube series, The Distiller's Basement, as well. Uh, and what we do, aside from making cocktails, is we bring chefs, restaurateurs, professionals from around the spirits world into this basement and cook some food and drink some cocktails and hang out. So it's the perfect thing for you guys to join us. Thank you, Stephen. I Thank appreciate you, it so much. Uh, you can know I it. Add one last thing, if you don't mind? Yeah, well, can you do this? If you stick around for just a second, we're going to go after hours. Join us on the Modern Eater Facebook stream, and we'll come back. Thank you, Shannon Scott, back in the studio. Our whole cast and crew will be back with you next week on 630KL. But we're continuing right now on YouTube and Facebook. The Modern Eater Show After Hours continues right now. Hi.